many of you want to be blessed for this upcoming year? I mean, sincerely. Now, I'm not, I'm not just trying to talk church speak. How many of you genuinely want the blessing of God to rest on your life? I hope that's every one of us in this place. Amen? I hope that's every one of us. So we're going to be starting a message series today for the month of January that is geared towards just that, to show you biblically one of the ways that you can really open up the heart of your Heavenly Father to bless you. And it's for purpose. It's not just so we can say, hey, look at what I've got or, or look at, uh, you know, look at me. It's really so that you can be a blessing as well. How many of you know that God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing? You know what? God is not into hoarding. God's not into that. But what God is into is blessing you so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. How many of you understand that if he was willing to give up something as valuable and precious as his son, he expects us to be willing to give up what's valuable and precious as well. But know this, God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing in someone else's life. Now, how many of you, over, over the holidays, how many of you got some good Christmas gifts? Come on. All right, like 10 people. That's awesome. Good, good for you guys. But how many of you, and I mean this with great sincerity, how many of you, it kind of blesses your heart a little bit more in what you gave to somebody else rather than what you received? You know, a whole lot more hands went up. Why? Because, listen, there is something about it that when I have the ability to bless someone, to, to be a blessing in someone else's life, you know, uh, my, my kids kind of make fun of me because we got this deal, again, one of those quirky little Christmas traditions. We get up, and like my daughter typically will divvy out all the presents, and you have to sit there with your pile until everybody's got their presents divvied out because you can't just like randomly open them. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We all got to start together, and it's like, whatever. But they give me a hard time because most of mine just sit there because it's not as thrilling to me. It doesn't do as much for me to open that as much as see what's going on in their lives from what we were able to bless them with. Can you guys relate to that? And listen, God desires, if that's our heart naturally, how much more is it his heart for his people to bless you to be a blessing in someone else's life. Can we, can we be really, really truthful about it? Sometimes it's just more difficult for us to be a blessing when we're barely making it as is. Can we agree with that? Listen, God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing and you not have to wonder still how you're going to pay your bills. Can we agree with that? So we're going to be starting a series called to the Jew first. And I'm going to show you some amazing things in Scripture, but I really want to encourage you. How many of you are open this morning to just have a conversation with God? I pray that you're open to that this morning. And I pray that the things that we uh, begin to show you in the Scriptures, it helps you to realize some things that maybe you didn't realize before. I hope and I pray that you see some things that maybe you just never saw before or, or uh, no one ever pointed out to you. 
But I want to assure you, if you want to be a blessing, and you want to be blessed, to be a blessing, then this, this is no better way for us to start our 2019 services. Okay? So if you would, turn with me to John chapter 20. And here's how I actually need to start. I have to start by correcting something that I did last week. I showed a couple of slides. I messed it up in, in what it was. I had a friend of mine that is, is a minister and, and is close, and he texted me and said, are you sure that was supposed to be like what that was supposed to be? And the more I got to looking at it, the more I was like, you know what, I totally jacked that up and I need to correct it. So I showed you a, a slide last week about the word fear in Hebrew. And I want to read you John 20, just real quick. This is the word fear. Lamed pei chet dalet. And I'll explain it to you because in the Hebrew language, you read right to left. So this is how you would spell the word fear in the Hebrew. The word peshat. And every one of the letters in the Hebrew alphabet have a corresponding picture and a corresponding meaning. So the very first one, uh, the picture of it is like a staff, a shepherd's staff. It speaks of authority. It it carries the connotation of the tongue. And inside of of, uh, this word, the next one is the picture of a mouth and, and the ability to speak. The next one, the picture would be of a fence. And then the last one would be the picture of a door or an entryway. Uh, Let me read to you just real quickly. Let me read to you. I'm sorry. There it is. Here we go. Let me read to you John 20 so that you can see this. Because I, I preach a whole message about this, and so I'm taking a small excerpt of it. But John 20, verses 19 through 21 says this. The same day at evening, being the first day of the week. You know what? God's into the firsts. I just want you to know that. When the door was shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad that they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I am also sending you. It's that word, uh, Peshad, fear. Now, I want to show you, and this is where I jacked it up last week, so I'm fixing it this week, is the word fearless in the Hebrew. And this is the word Loposhed. Again, reading right to left. You have the same letters in there, but you have two added. So you have Lamed, again, the staff. It's a, a picture of authority. It, it uh, is the connotation of the tongue. But then you have the Aleph, and the Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so when Jesus said, I'm the beginning and the end, he would say, I'm the Aleph and I'm the Taf, if he was saying it in Hebrew. It it signifies the first. It signifies authority in the head. And then again, you've got got Pei, which is speak, but right in the middle of it, you have the Vav, and the symbol for that is a nail. Then you have the fence and you have the door. See, fear wants to do this. Fear wants to close your mouth. 
In the Greek, it's where we get the word phobia. So in the Greek, you would get the word uh, phobeo or phobos, but it's where we get our English word phobia, to terrorize, to grip you with fear, to the point, listen, John 20, that you would lock yourself away because you're scared to death of what might happen if you go outside and you're persecuted. So what was the whole thing around John 20? How many times did the disciples get pulled aside and say, keep your mouth closed, don't talk about Jesus anymore? And the whole picture inside of the Hebrew word is this fence around your mouth to keep your mouth shut. Don't talk about him. Don't speak about him. But how did Jesus overcome it? Jesus walks through, or appears through, and what's the first thing he does to combat their fear? Look at the holes. That's why this is so important. Because inside of fearless, you have to understand the work of the Godhead, the work of Christ, the authority through what he did on the cross. And when you understand his authority and the finished work, you turn from being somebody that is scared and terrorized to somebody that's bold and courageous. Because you understand the work that he did because of the nails. Also in the Hebrew as well, when you put low in front of it, it means the reverse or the opposite. So it means just the opposite of what the other one was. But inside of this, if you begin to understand the work that the God had did, the work that the first did through the cross, you'll become fearless. And twice he said to them, Shalom, peace, peace be unto you. See, here's the reality. The more you understand about him, The more you understand about his work, the more fearless you become. And that fence gets removed by the work. You aren't afraid to say something to your coworker. You're not afraid to make a stand in in your personal life. You become fearless because of the work of Christ. This is actually the perfect segue into the message because some of you are up here looking like, This is so foreign and weird to me. Yeah, you're 100% correct. How many of you, this is the first time you've even seen a Hebrew word explained? Yeah, there's plenty of people in the room. Here's what you need to understand. This this Bible, Chad, will you get my Bible out of my bag? You know, I I use my iPad because that's easier. But here's, here's the reality. This book right here and all its contents, Man, from Genesis to Revelations, this is an Eastern book written to a Western civilization. You know what I found out is the more I dig into this, and the more I understand that, listen, this was not written to me. This was not written to an American. This was not written to our, our a sect of people. It doesn't matter if you're black. doesn't matter if you're white. doesn't matter if you're brown. This was written to a Eastern people. This was actually written to the Jew first. So there are things in our life that, again, because we're American, we were just taught that this is how it is. And, and this is a great example because the majority of the countries, aside from America, 
read right to left. We're one of the only ones that actually read left to right. So we look at this like, what the heck's the matter with those people? And the majority of the world is looking at us saying, what the heck's the matter with those people? This is an Eastern book. It wasn't, can I, can we just be really transparent and honest about this fact? We don't mean to all the time. Sometimes it just kind of spills out of us. But we just kind of think, right, wrong, or indifferent, it just, it somehow gets in us that the world kind of revolves around America. And it kind of revolves around us. When the reality is, is if you're not willing to dig into this book, you miss the fact that it wasn't written to an American people. It was written to a Jewish nation. And sometimes the things that they have in there, I just, I was taught all my life that it meant this, when in reality, that's not what this is saying at all at times. And it's so important to dig into the word to understand, listen, he's saying so much more than just, hey, take a peek at my hands. He's saying, look, I want to remove the fear from your life, and I'm going to do it through the work that I just got done doing. And for you, I want you to begin to understand this book was written to the Jew first. Turn with me in your Bible, if you would, to Genesis 12. And we're going to look at the origin part that most historians will tell you this was the birthplace of the nation of Israel. Genesis 12. And we're going to talk about Abraham. He's pretty, pretty well-known Bible figure. Most people have heard about Abraham. How many of you used to sing that stupid song when you were younger, Father Abraham? How many of you sang that? How many of you could still do it right now if I asked you to? <laughs> that thing was so annoying. I'm just being honest with you. That thing was so annoying. But I mean, like right now, it's just circling up there. Just Father Abraham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's enough. That's good. All right. Genesis 12, verse 1. And I'm going to read this out of the Tree of Life. And, and most people have not uh, read that version. You're welcome to follow along up on the screen, Genesis 12. But it's the Tree of Life version. And the reason I'm choosing to use this, first of all, to read in different, um, in different versions, it, it's fun. It gives you a different perspective. And I always encourage people, don't I mean, read it out of multiple translations so you can get the fullness of what's being said. But this is unique because it actually interjects uh, some Hebrew in there, which I love that. Because, again, I, I want to know this not for the filter that I have, but for what it's really trying to say to me. So I'm going to read this out of the Tree of Life. Verse 1. It says, Then Adonai said to Abram. Now, the word Adonai there... Again, what you need to know, that would have been the Hebrew word that you would have called God, but the uniqueness about the word Adonai is it's actually plural. It speaks of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so that word Adonai, even though it's a singular word, it's actually plural in its grammar. See, I love that kind of stuff because... There's so many of these hidden treasures inside of this book if we're just willing to find it. How many of you want to be blessed? How many of you want not just to be blessed, but to be blessed to the point where you can be a blessing to others? 
Okay, let's look at this. Then Adonai said to Abram, get going out, of, out from your land, from your relatives, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now look at this. I love the way the tree of life says this. My, this is God talking. My heart's desire is to make you into a great nation, to bless you, to make your name great so that you may be a blessing. My desire, this is still God talking, my desire is to bless those who bless you. But whoever curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now that word curse there in the Hebrew, here's what it means. It means this. It means if you treat with contempt or dishonor. And can we take a moment here? Listen, out of all the nations in this world, I don't think I'm standing out on a limb at all to say the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, has probably been one of the most persecuted nations in the history of humanity. Can we agree with that? I mean, there. Listen, obviously, one of the one of the premier events that almost all of us gravitate to is the Holocaust, and how terrible and how horrific. But listen, that's been happening clear back from when Pharaoh said, "I want you to kill all the babies when Moses was born." That happened when Christ was born and Caesar said, I want you to kill all the babies. This stuff has been happening to this nation and this people forever. Can I, can I give you a bit of church history? Just a, a, a little bit. You know, during the Crusades, how many of you learned about the Crusades when you were in school? How many of you at least remember the name the Crusades? You might not know anything about it. Can I say this? Man, there were Jewish women raped. There were families kicked out of their homes. There were, there were people and children murdered by people with crosses on their chest that claimed to be Christians, and they would do it saying, the reason we're doing this is because of how you treated our Savior. And that was their justification. Isn't that shameful? Listen, that's the legitimate, that's part of our lineage in the church. Man, you had people that would do despicable things to the Jewish men and women, and their justification was, well, this is how you treated our Savior, so we're going to do it to you. Can we agree? That is not how the church should act. Can we agree? No Christian that truly loves Jesus Christ, I never saw Jesus do that to one person. And that should never be. But the reality is that is still part of the reason why today, man, there, there's a big bridge you got to climb over with a Jewish person because what you think being a Christian means means something totally different to them. Shameful, huh? But here's the thing. You have, you have God. You have Adonai. You have the maker and the master of it all. In, in the 11 chapters beforehand, we, we've seen creation. We've seen animals. We've seen land. We've seen humanity. We've seen mistakes. We've seen conversations in the garden. We've seen a massive flood. And now we're about 400 years in, and God's having a conversation with this one man who is a Jew. 
And he says this. He says, I want to tell you about what's in my heart. This is my paraphrase. You know, a, a pretty popular scripture that a lot of Christians like to quote is Psalms 37.4. And Psalms 37.4, I'll read it out of the Tree of Life again. It says, delight yourself in Adonai. And he'll give you the request of your heart. New King James Version says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And we love that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the desires of my heart. Let's see. I want, and we start going through like our Christmas list. I want this and I want this. Listen, you'll never be more closer to God than the moment you say, you know what? I'd really rather start fulfilling the desires of your heart. And it stops being so selfishly about me. Again, I, I kind of go back to Christmas morning. Uh, opening the presents is good. But I get so much more joy out of seeing them open theirs. And the reality is you will never be closer to your Heavenly Father than the moment you start saying, okay, what's in your heart? What's in yours? Now, Here's what I love. You got the master of all creation. And he's using words like this. He's using words to say, my heart's desire. That's why I love the Tree of Life version. My heart's desire is I want to make you into a great nation. And listen to what he says, because he mentions five things here. Again, just try to listen to it as personal as what that version of Scripture is making it. My heart, my heart's desire is to make you a great nation. My, my heart's desire is I want to bless you. Can I tell you, contrary to anything you've ever heard, it's always God's heart to bless you. Can I tell you, God is not, unfortunately, like maybe some of our parents or grandparents or great-grandparents, they don't punish, God doesn't punish us to teach us a lesson. God doesn't say, okay, go stand out in the road, and you'll understand why I say you shouldn't play out in the road once a car hits you. Yeah, that's not God. God's desire is to bless you, not to harm you. My heart's desire is to make your name great. These are all the things he said to Abraham. My heart's desire is to make you into a blessing for others. And, and here's the last one, and this is the one I so want to encourage you. My desire, my heart, this is the master of all universes saying this. I will bless you. I will bless those that will bless you. Again, how many of you want to be blessed? I do. I want to be blessed. But I'm telling you, his blessings are for purpose. It's not so that we can say, hey, look at how big our checkbook is. It's so that we can be a blessing in someone else's life. And I want to be a blessing. And he's saying, listen, to a Jewish man, at what most historians will tell you is the inception of the nation of Israel, I will bless you if you'll bless my people. Now, he uses the word curse, and that, that same word is the word contempt there. If you dishonor, my people, and treat them with contempt, I'm going to treat you with dishonor and treat you with contempt. Now again, are you open to having a conversation with God? Now I'm not saying that you personally have ever persecuted the Jews or the nation of Israel, but here's what I am saying. 
Man, in my opinion, there's no greater nation that has gone through as much persecution as they. And the reality is, is if that's true, if, if the, the bad part of it's true where God says, I'll treat you with contempt and I'll treat you with dishonor, isn't it fair to say that just the opposite is true? Man, I'll bless you and I'll treat you with great honor if you'll take care of mine. Can we agree with that? Now, we're going to be talking about this uh, in, in different portions because all, all month long, because I want you to be blessed. I want you to be a blessing to other people. I don't want, in my opinion, there's nothing more frustrating than wanting to be a blessing to somebody else but knowing it's out of my means. I want to. It's not a matter of want. It's just a matter of, I don't think we can. God wants to make you a blessing so that you can be a blessing to others. So he says this again, I'll bless you. I'll bless those that bless you. Now, I want to show you this. Now, this is in no particular order. We're going to talk about a bunch of these over this next month. So th this isn't like in a numeric order of this is the, the top one. I just had to start with somewhere, so can we call this number one, even though it's in no particular order? You guys okay with that? Here, here's number one that we'll start with. The number one way I'm going to bless you to be a blessing is if you will pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now look at Psalms 122, starting in verse 1. Because I'm, I'm going to prove all this to you scripturally. Now this is King David writing a psalm. And the scripture tells us King David was a man after God's own heart. Well, we just got to read in Genesis 12, man, God's saying, this is my heart, this is my desire. And so I'm, I'm telling you this. This is from someone that figured out how to fulfill some of the desires of God's heart. This is someone who discovered, man, let me tell you, if I really want to be blessed, I'm going to start figuring out how to fulfill the desires of dad's heart. So he says this in verse 1. This again, a song of ascents of David. I rejoiced when they said unto me, let us go to the house of Adonai. Can I put it in 2019 terms? Let's go to church. I'm happy about it. Today's Sunday. We get to go to church. Can we all agree that we've had those mornings where it's like, ah, uh, it's Sunday. <laughs> it's time to wake up and go to church. Hey, as the pastor, I'll tell you, I've had some of those Sundays. Oh, man. Is the alarm going off already? But he's saying, listen. I was glad. Man, in my heart, I know this because this is life. Sometimes the biggest battle is just getting here, and then when you come, you're like, man, I'm so glad I did. Amen? Why do you suppose that is? You suppose there's somebody that doesn't want you to come? Amen? Listen, you don't come long enough, your car runs out of gas. But every time we get to go, we should be rejoicing the fact we get to go to Dad's house. Our feet, verse 2, our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city joined together. 
There the tribes go up and the tribes of Adonai as a testimony to Israel to praise the name of Adonai. For their thrones for judgment are set up, the thrones of the house of David. Now here's where if you have your Bible, underline this, highlight this, do whatever you do. If you're working off a Bible app, hit the highlighter button and highlight this. Verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And unfortunately, we normally stop there. But then it says, may those who love you be at peace. How many of you guys for sure in 2019 would love for this to be a year that there is absolute peace in your life and peace in your home? Then can I tell you this? If you will begin to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, there'll be peace in your life. And not only that, we put into motion Genesis 12. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, I've been praying for you. And and here's what I've been praying about. You know, not just like a generic, I've been praying for you, but they actually take it a step further and they say, here's what I've been praying about. And not only has this been what I've been praying about, but here's what I feel like the Father was saying to me. You know how much of an honor that is? Man, I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor, I've sincerely been praying for you. To know that somebody took time out of their day just to pray for me, man, that's such an honor. That's a privilege. And when you take time out of your day to pray for the people and pray for the peace of that nation, the capital, Jerusalem, I'm telling you, you begin to open up the heart of dad and you activate Genesis 12, I'll bless those that bless you. He said, through all, through all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. All the nations. Are we one of all of the nations? All of the nations, they'll be blessed through you. So here's the reality. When I begin to be a blessing to them, then it opens up dad's heart to be a blessing to me. And I want to encourage you this morning. How many of you, just, again, don't don't raise your hand, but I, I hope you'll be truthful about this. How many of you, maybe right now in your life, You've got somebody in your life that has really hurt you, really wronged you. Maybe, maybe there was an argument. Maybe they did something, but have had someone in your life that you have genuinely been hurt by. Unfortunately, probably more of us in this room than we care to admit. Can I tell you one of the ways to bring healing in your life is to begin to earnestly pray for that person. It's difficult. Now, let me stop real quick. I'm not talking about, Lord, bless them. Amen. Come on. That's not a prayer. I'm talking about genuinely praying over their health and well-being. I'm talking about genuinely praying over their safety. I'm talking about praying that the love of God would be shed abroad in their hearts. I'm praying for a blessing on them even though they wronged me. Listen, if you begin to do that, here's the byproduct. When you begin to pray, it inspires this love 
that you can't control. It's not your love because you know darn good well, I don't care for this person right now. But if you begin to pray over them, I'm telling you, something will give and it will be your hurt. Thank God. Man, this is for somebody. Some of you, listen, don't carry this into a brand new calendar year. Come on, if you have somebody in your life that you know has sincerely hurt you, wounded you by what they've done or what they've said, begin to sincerely pray for that person. And I'm telling you, it'll heal your heart. The more you do it, the more it will begin to bring healing to the wounded area. But he's sitting here saying, if you will pray for the peace of Jerusalem, may those that love you be at peace. When you pray for someone specifically, a love just begins to cultivate because you're taking the time to truly invest. And I'm telling you, you will set in motion Genesis 12. I will bless those that bless you. I want 2019 to be one of the most blessed years that you've personally ever had. But listen, we're going to do it the God way. Amen? I want, I want, man, if there's nothing else said about 2019, I want it to be a year that by the time we get to the end, that it's said about us, we fulfilled the desires of his heart. Listen, I know I can be selfish. Oh, Lord, if I'll just delight myself in you, you'll give me the desires of my heart. But listen, I'm telling you, your whole dynamic changes when you're more concerned about saying, okay, God, how do I fulfill the desires of your heart?